am Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. I have a very important issue to talk with uh, you folks today about. Let me tell you, New Jersey never ceases to reach new extremes in their proposals to go after our Second Amendment rights. There is now a New Jersey gun bill that makes gun possession the same as murder. It treats gun possession, simple possession, the same as murder. And I need to explain this to you because it's purposely complicated so that on quick reads, individuals are not going to understand it unless someone has taken the time to actually explain it. And that's what I intend to do. This bill is a Senate bill, and it's Senate 4290, Senate Bill 4290 in the state of New Jersey. And what the bill does is it establishes what is known as a rebuttable presumption of pretrial detention for defendants that are charged with committing certain offenses under the Graves Act. Now, here's the deal. It's very misleading because it says it establishes a rebuttable presumption. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. Who cares if it establishes a rebuttable presumption? Well, that's because of how rebuttable presumptions work and what it is that you're being rebutted against in terms of who has the burdens of proof, what those proofs are, and what the outcomes are of this failure to rebut this particular presumption. In order to understand how this bill actually works, you need to understand that New Jersey has what's called bail reform. And it passed bail reform. Now, if you listen to the lamestream media, then normally you're going to think bail reform. Oh, that's where they let all these bad guys out, and it's a revolving door, and they're just let out with no bail and all that. And in fact, when it comes to guns and gun owners in New Jersey, it's the opposite. They're incarcerating and holding individuals with no bail that have had simple gun charges. This is going on now. And the problem is some of you may think, well, look, I'm not going to illegally possess any gun. I'm not going to do anything unlawful, so this wouldn't apply to me. But that's not how it works. You see, in Jersey, the gun laws are so poorly written and so narrow in what is lawful behavior that individuals often accidentally or unintentionally get outside the law because the legal ability to possess your firearm, even just a simple handgun possession, is based on the fact that you're within an exemption. And if you're not within an exemption, then you're not lawful for your possession. And we see this a lot. For example, New Jersey, the exemptions on simple handgun possession 
are very narrow. It includes being in your home or your place of business or at the target range or if it's legal for hunting. So if you're outside those exemptions, and I mean, let's say you take your handgun, even though it's cased and unloaded, over to your friend's house to show them. Well, there's no exemption for handgun possession at a friend's house. You're now looking at unlawful possession of that handgun. You get stopped on the way or leaving or over there and caught with that gun. You're looking at a second-degree crime with up to 10 years in state's prison and a minimum mandatory. Three and a half years in state's prison. The same penalty applies for unlawful possession of an assault firearm. This bizarrely defined thing that has no logic to any of the criteria that is established for it. There's nothing intrinsically evil about this gun versus any other, but it doesn't matter. There's this matrix of features and this landmines, essentially, that the law-abiding citizen has to navigate to know whether their gun is, in fact, Jersey compliant or not. And if you make a mistake and your gun happens to have one extra offending feature that you didn't realize was an offending feature, like a telescoping stock because it moves two or three inches back and forth, that means nothing in terms of crime, but it can make all the difference as to whether you have an assault firearm or not. Well, now you're looking at a crime of the second degree. Again, the same problem. So what this bill does is it says that there is pretrial detention, which now that's what we have, that's what our bail reform is, where prosecutors can move to detain someone so that you're held pending the outcome of your case until your case gets adjudicated. So let's say you get arrested on a gun charge because you're an out-of-state resident and you didn't realize that your gun license was invalid in New Jersey, like Shanine Allen. Or you get arrested because you picked up your flintlock pistol, original pistol from the 1600s, Queen Anne pistol that was unlawfully uh, pawned without your permission. You pick it up to retrieve it, and you're bringing it home, and you get stopped. That's the Van Gilder case that I had. And that's just a couple examples of how otherwise 100% law-abiding citizens get wrapped up in these, in these gun laws. Well, if that happens to you, this law, this bill is designed to create a presumption that you are to be held without bail until you're either found guilty or you plead guilty or you're acquitted after a jury trial or somehow these charges get dismissed. You sit in jail the whole time. And the way they structure this is they have put it in the same category, that being gun possession, they've put it in the same category as murder. Let me show you what this bill says. It says that the prosecutor can file 
the motion with the court for pretrial detention, which is within their discretion to do so. And they can file it, and then you can just right now be held for, it ends up being five business days, so it doesn't count weekends. You can actually be just held, it ends up seven days before you get an adjudication here on whether or not you can even be released on your own recognizance. See, New Jersey basically wiped out the bail industry. You're either going to get held or you're going to be released. And there's really no in-between anymore. And so what determines whether you get held or not is this this pretrial detention hearing that you get. And what this bill does is it puts in a separate rebuttable presumption where there's a presumption that a defendant is to be detained pending trial because either no amount of monetary bail or non-monetary condition would reasonably assure that they'll appear, or, and here's the kicker, that the protection of the safety of any other person or the community, there it is, and that the eligible defendant will not obstruct or attempt to obstruct the criminal justice, and the court simply has to find probable cause. And so who are the people or categories that currently exist where this presumption is applied? Where most where it's presumed that you're going to be pretrial detained. Well, the first one is whether the defendant has committed murder. That's one of them. If you've committed murder pursuant to 2C113. The other condition is if the individual has committed any crime for which the defendant would be subject to an ordinary or extended term of imprisonment. In other words, the extended term of imprisonment because you're a repeat offender and you can get even longer, huge sentences because you're a bona fide bad guy. And what they want to add is that add the following to those two categories. And that is any crime for which the eligible defendant would be subject to a mandatory term of imprisonment pursuant to 43.6 for a crime involving the use or possession of a firearm. That is the Graves Act offenses. That's what they're called. Senator Graves put them forward years ago. And falling into that category, when you go to 43-6 of New Jersey law, are individuals charged with unlawful possession of a handgun, a rifle, or shotgun, or a machine gun, 
or an assault firearm. So anybody charged there, and that runs the gamut now from handguns to machine guns, just charged with unlawful possession, you now are put in the same category as someone who's charged with committing murder, and you are presumed to qualify to be detained pre-trial, which means you could wait years in jail waiting for your trial with no bail available, none. That is the bail reform, and it doesn't end with simple unlawful possession of those items. Also included under the extended term, quote-unquote, or mandatory, sorry, mandatory minimums are convictions or charges under 39.3, which includes possession of a sawed-off shotgun or possession of a defaced firearm. Now, you may say, well, I wouldn't possess sawed-off shotgun. I know that's illegal. Sure, except I just had a client who was charged with possession of a sawed-off shotgun, and what she had was essentially a Mossberg shockwave. But it was the model made by Charles Daly, the honcho version, and charged with possession of a sawed-off shotgun. Under this bill, that person would be presumed to be detained in the same fashion as someone who committed murder and would be held pending the court finally making a determination that this, in fact, was a lawful firearm and not a sawed-off shotgun. Actual case. Additionally, what falls under this, defaced firearms. Sure, any gun that's had a serial number removed, but it's not just serial number. It's any marking, etc. And you could have that inadvertently. And you're the one presumed to have done it if you have such a firearm. And there's minimum mandatory on that, and they put that as the equivalent of murder. And you're going to be held. They also put in this bill, in this because it comes under the same category of minimum mandatory, is possession under 39.9, which has to do with manufacture. That's right, manufacture or selling right firearms and as you know the focus on manufacture goes to the builds of guns that are built for private individual use legal under your federal law legal in the overwhelming majority of states to build your own gun but not in New Jersey you're a manufacturer even if you build a black powder firearm for yourself, and I've had that case. And if you were a builder of a black powder firearm, well, now you're looking at extended term for being that manufacturer. Not extended, excuse me. The uh, mandatory minimum 
term. And because of that, you're now deemed the same as committed, having committed murder and need to be detained. This is an extremely serious step by New Jersey because by putting possessory offenses and these malum prohibitum type offenses involving guns into this category of presumption, the equivalent of murder. New Jersey is only one step away from making these offenses actually the same sentencing equivalent of murder. And don't be surprised when New Jersey has capital punishment, the death penalty, for possession of a gun. You think that's outrageous? I don't. Because although normally those pushing gun laws are on the side of non-capital punishment, I'm confident that when it comes to gun owners, they'll happily make a make an exception so that death penalty can be applied because we're only one click away from second degree charges becoming first degree which is what murder is and this bill puts all of these offenses in the same category as committing murder when it comes to the individual being released it's an outrage and we need to Stay vigilant and be prepared to fight this should it come up for a vote. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman, tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal, don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Hey there. Uh, Back here with Gun Lawyer. I want to thank all my listeners for listening. It really is great and it gives me the opportunity to... uh, tell you about all kinds of things that the lamestream media doesn't want you to know. But I want you to know. We got to know because this is how we got to fight these things with knowledge and being aware. Now, I've gotten some really interesting letters that have come to me and I'd like to share a couple of them with you. 
Now, this one's from Jeff, and it's an interesting question from Jeff. Jeff says, Dear Evan, Heller says people have a right to a gun in their home. The courts in New Jersey have agreed with this. If a man is homeless and lives in a box, can he keep a gun in his box? Can a homeless man effectively conceal carry in New Jersey by carrying his box home of guns around? Can someone who lives in his car drive around with guns in his cars? Love Jeff. Well, Jeff, that's a fun hypothetical, that's for sure. I guess there's a lot of folks that want to carry so badly that they would want to become homeless in order to carry. But uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to have trouble with this. And that is because, first of all, the person is homeless, which means they don't, they don't have a home. And they're living in a box doesn't necessarily make that box a home. It may be their temporary shelter, but is it actually their dwelling are they in search of a dwelling? And I think the courts would probably not like that too much. But look, the question is going to be a jury question because juries get to determine the exemption. And the exemption for possession in one's home, uh, I mean, this is an argument that could be made, but whether or not it would succeed depends on what those 12 people are going to think about that the circumstances of this. So I wouldn't advise uh, being homeless so you can carry. It's not a good uh, loophole uh, by any means. And whether or not legally it proves out, I guess it becomes more of a jury question than anything else based on the exemption. Now, driving around in your car, well, there is in the statute a talk about businesses being a fixed location. Living in your car, the car isn't, Again, a residence, and it's mobile. It's not a residence. And even uh, looking at that, again, it can be there. Maybe there's exemption for transporting in your vehicle. You maybe you can fall under that. But if you're actually living in it, that's going to be another tough one and really pushing the envelope. Hey, I enjoy the creative thinking, but I think uh, both of those are going to be tough sells in New Jersey. But thanks for the questions, Jeff, and thanks for being a, a listener to Gun Lawyer. Now, David sends a letter, and what David says is, regarding how can we get involved in pro-gun movement? I've been listening to your podcast for the past two weeks. They're really well done, and because of you, I joined U.S. Law Shield. I have learned a lot from your podcast, and I've made several changes to protect me from becoming, as you say, a law-abiding criminal. So far, I've listened to over 30 of your podcasts, and I plan to listen to them all. So thank you, and please continue to do the great service you're providing. My question for you is, how can I become more involved in pro-gun rights in New Jersey. I'm a member and I support the NRA and I write letters to my senators and congressmen when requested. Can you advise as to how I can make an even more meaningful contribution to gun rights in New Jersey? I'm retired and would like to become more active in a movement 
to improve New Jersey's guns and weapons laws. Well, first of all, I want to thank David not only for the letter but for wanting to do something because one of the problems that we as gun owners have is apathy. And the apathy that runs through our our folks is uh, sad. Now, I know many of you are not apathetic, and I appreciate all that you do, but you know as well as I that there is large amounts that are. And then when the bad thing happens, the, the apathetic folks are like, Oh, how did that happen? Why did that happen? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And of course, the question is not why didn't I do anything, but why didn't they do anything? And so you don't want to fall into that. You want to do things. And I will often tell people that there's a minimum every gun owner should do. Now, the minimum means just that, the least of what you should do. Now, there's plenty you can do beyond it, but the least you can do is number one, which Dave already has done, is belong to the NRA. Now look, I know the NRA has its controversies. I know there's issues, but the NRA is the largest gun owner group in America. And if it wasn't for the NRA, we would have lost most of our rights already. And the NRA has been an important force, a vital force and a critical force. This is why the Antis are going after them to the degree that they are. Now, whether there's in-house problems or not that need to get resolved, well, let's hope that those things get straightened out. But the NRA is vital, and belonging to the NRA is critical. But it's not just the NRA, because that's just one of the minimum things you should do. The other is to belong to your state NRA affiliate. You see, every state, in America, has an affiliate that is the official state affiliate to the NRA. And that group is the state group that focuses on the state actions and activities legislatively. So in this case, in New Jersey, you absolutely want to be a member of the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. It is ANJRPC. I proudly serve on the board of ANJRPC, and our executive director is Scott Bach, who's also a board member of the NRA, and our president is Kathy Chatterton, and we are blessed to have two great leaders like that in New Jersey, and all the other folks that, are, that serve on the board. The association is critical to preserving the gun rights of New Jerseyans at the state level. They have a full-time paid lobbyist down in Trenton. And by being a member, you can get and will get the alerts that will alert you immediately to the threats and what is going on in Trenton and have the ability to instantly send emails out to the key legislators on votes. And this is already demonstrated by our ability to fight back against what's going on in the Assembly now with this entire onslaught of anti-gun Murphy gun grab bills turning law-abiding citizens into criminals. And here, this new bill, like we just talked about, making 
gun possession, the equivalent to commission of murder in terms of pretrial detention. How do we fight these things? By being organized and on guard. And the state association is what makes that possible. So by being a member and getting those alerts, you can then immediately, very simply, with just a few clicks of the buttons there, send those emails out through the links so that these legislators get inundated with gun owners who are letting them know that our eye is on them, that we are watching them, that we know what they're up to, and they're not going to just slide this by without a fight, and that we're, we, we've had enough already. And even though they're primarily normally folks that maybe most of us wouldn't be voting for, it doesn't matter. When they see the groundswell and they see the people and the complaints and the arguments put forward, then the anti-gun lies that they thought were great, they suddenly realize the flaws and they start to see just how bad these things are. Now look, whether we can succeed or not remains to be seen, but you got to be a player. you got to be involved. And this is the minimum involvement, without a doubt, is to belong to your state association and your national association. Now this is... Not to say that there aren't plenty of other great gun groups nationally and stateside. And as far as I'm concerned, join every one of them. Not a problem. It's not about not belonging to any of the great pro-gun organizations that exist beyond the NRA and the state association and the state affiliate of the NRA. Not about that at all. It's just what's a minimum? The minimum is that you got to at least have that as a foundation. Then you can expand your gun rights activities even more. Maybe you want to become on the board of the state association. Maybe you want to work on committees with the state association. There are things that your state association would love to have manpower. You could come to the meetings of the state association and see what happens in the workings there and get involved that way. This is important. Sending letters to your legislators is vital, but also send letters to the newspapers. Do the op-eds. Send out those letters to the editor. Stand up for the Second Amendment in this way, and as an individual, you can absolutely make a difference. And the more you do and the more you fight, the more chance we have of winning this great battle that we're fighting. And in New Jersey, it's a tough, tough battlefield. It's the front lines on our Second Amendment rights. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals. From honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing Evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.